Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we find one of the most beautiful titles of Christ. One of the most beautiful I am statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I've been meditating on this concept of Christ as the way and the truth and the life. And I've been thinking about how exactly do do we begin to walk in this way, in this truth and the life? How does it start? Where does it start? And I think the scriptures make that very clear for us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the way of the truth and the life. And not only do the scriptures make this clear, but in the lives of the saints and all of the ascetic fathers' writings and the sayings of the desert fathers and all of the patristics, we see this very same theme reiterated, that the beginning of the spiritual life is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of our journey with God is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of the way of the truth and the life is the fear of the Lord. And so, A lot of people think that, okay, you shouldn't fear God because God is love, right? We should love Him, and God is mercy, God is compassion, all of that. And that's true. God is definitely love. And that is, the essence of His identity is love, right? He is merciful, He's compassionate. But we also can't forget that God is a consuming fire, that God is our creator, that He is our Lord, He's our master, and He deserves our reverence and our fear, not just honor, respect, and reverence, but actual fear. This is what Christ himself commands of us. He says, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. These are the words of Christ. Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell? It's God himself. And he's telling us, that we should have this fear toward Him. It's not an option. Not an option. It's a command to fear the Lord. A command from the mouth of God Himself. Right? Again, the spiritual path starts with the fear of the Lord. Father Thomas Hopkins says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and all holiness. When we have that fear of God, it's the beginning of the whole spiritual life. Right? So our entire spiritual life begins with that step. Right? If we want to walk in the way, the truth, and the life, then we have to begin with the fear of the Lord. Every perfect person feared the Lord. Even Christ himself modeled this. God in the flesh came, and he lived in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Right? You might think that's a little strange. How can Christ fear the Lord when he's God himself? But again, as men, he walked this path, that modeled how we should walk in our spiritual life as well. Take a look at what Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 3 says. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Speaking of Christ, he's this branch. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. And pay attention to this. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. This is the spirit that rested upon Christ. This is how Christ himself walked throughout his ministry on earth. 
He walked in the fear of the Lord. And this is what the, the author of Hebrews says in 5.7, Who in the days of his flesh, again speaking of Christ, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard, why? Why was Christ heard? Because of his godly fear. That Christ was heard because of his godly fear. Now, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Because again, a lot of times we think that, okay, it just means to respect God, to have reverence for God, to have honor towards Him. And, and yes, that's a part of it, but that's not the whole matter. That's not really what the word fear means. Okay? So let's look at a little bit of etymology just so that we can get on the same page. Because I don't want you to think this is my own personal opinion, right? Again, this is what the scriptures tell us and all of the fathers and the tradition of the church has taught us from the very beginning. Okay? In Hebrew, there are a couple of different words that the scriptures uses. Yira or, or yare, which actually means fear, like trepidation, terror, dread, right? And there's a different word that's reserved for respect or reverence or honor, and that's kabad, right? Honor or reverence towards his glory. Okay? You get the very same sense in Greek as well. There are two different words. Okay? Phobo is the word for fear or terror. Right? And that might sound familiar to some of you, like arachnophobia is the fear of spiders. Right? And some of you have all sorts of different fears. And if there's like a bee a mile from Marina, she's going to run wild because she has a fear of bees and any insects. <laughs> right? But phobo is actual fear, like you're terrified, there's something scary next to you and you feel a sense of terror, right? That's not honor or respect or reverence. That's a completely different word. The word for that is tamao. Tamao is the word for reverence or honor. Okay? In 1 Peter 2.17, Peter uses these words in the very same verse. Okay? He says, honor all people, and that word is tamao, honor. Love the brotherhood, fear God, which is phobo, and then honor the king, which is tamau. Right? So honor, reverence is one thing, fear and terror is another thing. Right? So I just want to get that straight before we continue to talk about this, because a lot of times we reduce that word to say, look, we're not supposed to fear God in that way. We're just supposed to respect Him, we're supposed to honor Him. And yes, that's true, but if we stop there then we're not really following what He called us to do. Okay? And of course, God's not a monster like we fear Him because He's a dictator. That's, that's not why we fear God. Right? He's loving, He's compassionate, He's merciful, of course. But He's also not just my homeboy. Right? I, I hate those shirts you see around as Jesus is my homeboy. Like, okay, yeah, He's your friend, but if you reduce Jesus to just your homeboy, then you really have no idea what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. He's your creator, he's your God, and he's a consuming fire. The same fire that Moses saw whenever he went and approached God, that was the first image that he got from God. God introduced himself first and foremost as a consuming fire. This is what all of the Jews recognized whenever God liberated them from the bondage of Pharaoh. They walked in the desert and God constantly introduced Himself as a figure of authority so that they could understand their place and their contest in that relationship. That you are the Creator and I'm the creature. Right? 
One of the reasons Job resisted all the temptation to turn on God was his godly fear. Right? You know that Job went through the fire and he was tempted to turn on God countless times. And the very core of his faithfulness was that he feared the Lord. He did not dare curse his name. Right? This is what he says in chapter 23, verse 13 to 16. But it's he who stands alone. He's speaking of his Lord. It is he who stands alone and who can oppose him. He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decree against me. And many such plans he still has in store. That's why I am terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. And we praise Job for his perseverance, for his faithfulness, because at the root of that was this profound humility that he considered himself so small in the presence of his mighty God that he was terrified to stand before him. Right? I have to ask myself, if I consider myself breaking his commandments when I don't have the fear of the Lord, do I consider myself breaking his commandments if the fear of the Lord is absent in my life? Do I really acknowledge and admit that I am breaking his commandments? Right? Or is it just, Zayabadu, it's okay, God is love, God is merciful, God is compassionate. I'm always impressed by a confession I usually hear from a very holy man when every time this person comes to confess, he usually starts with the very same confession. And he says, Abuna, I did not have the fear of the Lord. And it always just reminds me of his devotion to follow God, to recognize his place in the context of this relationship, right? And again, I have to ask myself if I'm honest and I recognize that he is my creator, he is my God, he is a consuming fire and he deserves my honor, my reverence and my fear. Now, we have to make a very important distinction between two different types of fear, okay? Because the fear of God as a consuming fire, the fear of punishment, that sort of terror is not the only type of fear that we should have, right? There's another type of fear as well. And I want to distinguish between, between these two different types of fear so that we could really understand this whole concept. St. Maximus the Confessor says, fear of God is of two kinds. Okay, fear of God is of two kinds. Follow with me, I know this is a long quote, but it's really going to explain the whole matter, all right? Fear of God is of two kinds. The first is generated in us by the threat of punishment. Okay, this is the first type of fear. It's generated by the threat of punishment. It's through such fear that we develop in due order, self-control, patience, hope in God, and freedom from lusts. Okay, and it is from this freedom that love comes. Okay, this is the first kind of fear that he speaks about. The second kind of fear is linked with love and constantly produces reverence in the soul so that it doesn't grow indifferent to God because of the intimate communion of its love. The first kind of fear is expelled by perfect love when the soul has acquired this and is no longer afraid of punishment. This is what 1 John says in 4.18. Okay, so the first kind of fear starts to dissipate as we grow in love. The second kind, as we've already said, is always found, found united with perfect love. 
The first kind of fear is referred to in the following two verses. Out of the fear of the Lord, men reject evil. It's in Proverbs 16.6. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's throughout all of the Psalms, Psalm 111 verse 10. The second kind is mentioned in the following verses. The fear of the Lord is pure and endures forever. Psalm 19.9. And those who fear the Lord will not want for anything. Right? So, two kinds of fear. The first is this fear of terror, fear of punishment, fear of God as a consuming fire. Okay? The second kind is the sense of fear born of love. Right? I fear the thought of offending the one I love. Right? I fear the thought of separation from the one I love. Right? That's a fearful thought. Imagine the thought of eternity without God. Right? Imagine the thought of eternity without the one you love. Okay, that's the second type of fear. Okay, so the first one is essential for us to embark on this path of the way, the truth, and the life. Without this first type of fear, the second type is not produced in our life. Okay, without this fear of God as a consuming fire, then we haven't laid the right foundation. Okay, so let me just throw a few quotes your way so that you could get a better sense of how the fathers understood this whole concept. Because again, this is not just my own opinion. St. Deidukos of Fotiki says, No one can love God consciously in his heart unless he has first feared him with all his heart. No one can love God consciously in his heart unless he has first feared him with all his heart. St. John Climacus, the growth of fear is the starting point of love. Right? And again, they're speaking of this first kind of fear. The fear of God as a consuming fire. That is the starting point of our love for God. St. Anthony, if a man wishes to attain to love of God, he must have fear of God. Fear gives birth to mourning and mourning to courage. When all this has ripened in the soul, it begins to bear fruit in all things. Father Thomas Hopko says, you can never come to know the perfect love of God unless you begin with fear. And that fear will always somehow be there. Dorotheus of Gaza. Abba Dorotheus is, is a great church father. One forms a desire for God through fear of condemnation. That is, as we have said, the starting point. Okay? So, I don't want to bore you with a hundred different quotes, but I, I just want to reiterate that this is the indisputable understanding of the church. The church fathers, the scriptures, have taught us this over and over and over again. That the starting point of our love begins with a deep sense of the fear of the Lord. Okay? So we need to begin with this fear. The way, the truth, and the life that we're called to walk begins with the fear of the Lord. We have to approach God with fear and trembling. This is what the deacon says in the liturgy before we approach communion. The deacon instructs everyone, worship God with fear and trembling. That's totally different than honor, respect, reverence. You don't tremble before a king just because you have respect for a king or an emperor, right? You might respect your mom and dad, but you don't tremble before them, right? That trembling is the mark of this first type of fear that we're called to approach God with. Okay, just like Job spoke about this sense of fear that, that he had in his heart, right? A lot of times we see others express this type of fear and then we dismiss it. We say, no, no, you're not supposed to fear God like that. 
But we have to be careful because a lot of times we may be suppressing a, a deep profound humility that someone has deep down in their heart. Right? Someone who expresses this profound humility to recognize that I am nothing and God is everything will have this fear of the Lord. Okay? And again, you can't have the freedom of love unless you're disciplined in the fear of the Lord. Right? And that's what fear produces. It produces this discipline. Right? Without the foundation of fear, we develop this loose, lackadaisical relationship. You know, we, we typically think of it like this convenient type of love. Right? And you've seen that before, maybe in your own life. Right? Where we love God, but only whenever it's convenient. But if the fear of the Lord is at the foundation, then I walk in His path. Then I experience the benefits of staying within the sheepfold. Right? And then I start to appreciate that. And that discipline and that appreciation produces a, a real love for the spiritual path. Right? And then that love is built on discipline. It's a mature type of love. Okay? One of the best examples that prove to us how misguided we may be whenever love develops without the fear of the Lord is the prodigal son. When love develops without the fear of the Lord as the foundation, you have exactly what happened in the life of the prodigal son. Right? If you ask the prodigal son before he left, do you love your father? What do you think he'll tell you? Yeah, he's great. Look, if I ask him for my inheritance right now, he's going to give me everything that I want. I love him. He's the man. He's cool. He's my homeboy. <laughs> right? And so, takes his inheritance. He had no reverence, no fear. He had no context in this relationship. Right? And so he took advantage of his father's love. And that's what happens whenever love develops without the maturity that the fear of the Lord produces in our life. Right? When you fear something, you stay in place. Right? When you fear the Lord, you don't dare step out of line. Right? And that keeps you disciplined. And as you're disciplined and you're walking in the way of the truth and the life, and then you experience the benefit of it, you start to appreciate it, you start to enjoy it. And you actually start to love the spiritual path. But now that love will have been produced from a place of discipline. Right? St. Augustine mentions this beautiful example of needle and thread. Think of this model of stitching a piece of cloth. Okay? Where you have a needle and thread. The needle first penetrates through the cloth. And then it goes through, and, and little by little you keep stitching and stitching, and then finally the needle exits, and you remove the needle, and then what remains in the cloth? The thread. Okay? This is the model of our spiritual life. The needle is the fear of the Lord, right? The first kind of fear, the fear of God as a consuming fire. I know my place. You're my creator. I'm the creature. You're everything. I'm nothing but dust and ashes. Okay? That's the needle. Okay? That's what penetrates through the cloth first. But what remains is the thread. The thread is our love for God, but the love that is born of 
this godly fear, this fear of offending God, right? I'm afraid of a life without Him, okay? That's the fear that starts to eliminate the former fear, okay? That's the second type of fear that we continue to develop as we grow, right? And so that first type of fear of God as a consuming fire, God as my creator, and, and I feel this dread or I fear the punishment of eternal fire, that starts to dissipate as I grow in my love for God, right? Because we don't want to remain in that condition of fear, right? It's kind of what sets the spark, okay? It sets the spark, but then it disappears as I grow in love for God. And as I grow in love for God, a different type of fear starts to develop. And that's this fear of offending him, right? Just as a husband and a wife have such deep love towards each other that they fear insulting each other. Like a husband fears the thought of offending his wife, right? That's the type of fear that endures forever, right? As the scripture tells, that's the fear that endures forever. The wisdom of Sirach in Chapter 25, 12 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of His love. Okay, so that's the needle. That's what begins to penetrate the cloth so that the thread, which is His love, remains in our life. Right? St. Anthony said, I no longer fear God, but I love Him, for perfect love casts out fear. Right? This is what he said in, in saying number 32. Right? That's the first type of fear. But then, in the very next saying, what does St. Anthony say? In saying number 33, he says, Always have the fear of God before your eyes. Isn't that interesting? When he says, I no longer have the fear of God, but I love Him, for perfect love casts out fear. Then the very next saying, Always have the fear of God before your eyes. Right? So the love we have for God, from the fear of offending Him, is a powerful force. Right? That's the love that should govern our whole life, right? Again, the first starts to dissipate and the second remains forever. St. Theodorus, the great ascetic, says, Fear also comes into the argument, for the greater our longing for God, the greater grows our fear. The more we hope to attain God, the more we fear Him. If we're wounded by divine love, the sting of fear exceeds that of a thousand threats of punishment. For as nothing is more blessed than to attain God, so nothing is more terrible than this great fear of losing Him. Right? That's the thread that remains in the cloth. The fear of losing Him. The fear of life without Him. The fear of sin. The fear of offending our Lord. The fear of offending the one who died for us. Right? So again... The first fear, the fear of God as a consuming fire, that's what begins our spiritual path. Right? We need that. Without that, we cannot reach this pure love. Okay? Avadarothius says, It's impossible to come to perfect fear, which is the love produced from the fear of offending God, that second type of fear, except through that preliminary fear. The fear of God is a consuming fire, right? So 
that kind of shapes our understanding of the whole spiritual life. And then little by little, as we grow in love, we grow in that pure type of fear, right? Not the fear of punishment, but the fear of offending God, the fear of life without Him. It's kind of like FOMO. You heard of the phrase FOMO? Fear of missing out, right? The, the fear of missing out on a relationship with God. And I hope and pray we're all infected with a spiritual FOMO, right? I fear the thought of life without God, right? The, the fear of separation from God, right? And as we grow, we grow in love, the more that fear governs our life, right? Because it's a fear born of love, right? Uh, I'm more terrified by the thought of offending God the more I grow in love with God. Does that make sense? All right, so I'll just leave you with a question to ponder. What did Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac really prove? Right? You know that Abraham proved his faithfulness to God before God gave him Isaac. Right? Leave this land and then, you know, go here, go there. And then whenever he went to have Ishmael with Hagar, God said, no, get rid of Ishmael. I have the son of the promise for you. And then he got rid of Ishmael. He got rid of Hagar. And then finally, God gave him Isaac after this long period of trials. And finally, the promise was at hand. Okay? And then God tells him to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham already proved his faithfulness. He proved his obedience. But what did the act of sacrificing Isaac really prove? Because we know Abraham loved God. Right? If you remember in the beginning of the fraction in Covenant Thursday, it says, When it came to pass that God wanted to test Abraham and know his heart and his love for him. That he said, Abraham, Abraham, take your beloved son Isaac, and so on. Right? What did God want to find out about Abraham? His heart and his love for him. Okay, that's what we have in the beginning of the fraction. But the scriptures paint a different picture. Okay? What did God tell Abraham whenever he was about to slay his son? Okay, you know, Abraham is committed. He's taking the knife. He's about to slay Isaac. All right? And then the angel of the Lord, which is Christ, Christ himself speaking, he's the angel of the Lord, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And so... It's interesting because what proved his love was his fear of the Lord. God said, okay, now I know that you fear the Lord. Okay, you reached the pinnacle of love. You reached the pinnacle of love by this godly fear that you have. You're afraid of the thought of disobeying my commandments. Right? I pray that God really implants this, this fear in our hearts. Right? That we could... Embark on a spiritual path taking the right step to recognize that God is a consuming fire, right? I'm afraid of the everlasting fire. 
That's a thought that I need at the start of the spiritual path. And then as I grow to experience the spiritual path, and I enjoy life with God, I fall in love with Him. And I have this discipline, this maturity, that produces a real disciplined love. right? And I fear the thought of offending Him, the thought of life without Him, the thought of eternity in separation from God. May God give us that grace to really walk in His path unto Him is do all glory forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.